0: Oh, it was all right. Still, I turned my on. I turned my off. All right. What's up, everybody? Bienvenidos a mi amor vicioso. I'm your host, Drayden Cruz. Today, I am in Simi Valley. I'm in the valley. What the fuck am I doing in the valley? Oh, I know what I'm doing in the valley. Today's guest, very dear friend of mine, chef, father, business owner. And I wanted to talk about kitchen life I wanted to talk about chef life because I walked away from the industry. I walked away from being a chef. I walked away from my career and everything about my career and everything that I worked so hard about because I fell out of love with it. I fell out of passionate. Like I was just not passionate about the situation anymore. It caused me it, it just caused me too much stress. So today we're going to talk about that balance of within your career within your family within with within all that space so i want to introduce my guest today sup logan chef uh, logan uh, mm-hmm. how is it how are you guys doing how's everyone mm-hmm. doing thank you so much for having me on the podcast i'm so happy
1: to be here um it's been a while since i've done one of these and i don't think i've ever done uh like a personal like lifestyle one it's always been chef ones it's always been barbecue ones. chef life chef life hashtag chef <laughs> life you know also too thank you so much for calling us uh part of the valley because we're like valley lights mm-hmm. we are technically part of Ventura county but we're close enough that i guess it counts um but yeah man thank you for having me i'm happy to be here i know we've been trying to set this up for a long time yeah and i'm just excited to
0: talk to my buddy and you know talk about some bullshit yeah we're we're, yeah the fuckery is going to be real i mean i think we should just dive right into it logan how long have you been a chef for i have been tell me about yourself tell everybody about yourself i have been a cook
1: for almost 19 years i started cooking when i was 15 right here in simi valley at a place called cronies I was running the fry station. Um, My mother was the managing bartender for the restaurant, and I needed a job because I was still in high school and I needed money for weed. And so I, um, (laughs) I started washing dishes, and I got bumped to fry station and prep, and it kind of just went from there. Um, As a chef, I've been a chef for probably twenty three to now, so like eleven years. Like uh, like an actual like managed if you want to call a chef like management, menu building, uh, managing a team that kind of thing. But before that, I was a cook. Um, and I went to culinary school before that. When I graduated high school, um, I went to Cal State Ful- or Fulton for like, literally like two months to be on a half-ride scholarship for wrestling. Um, I was studying theology and philosophy and then they pulled the funding for the program. And then so no wrestling, no scholarship. So I came back home. I tried my hand in MMA. Um, I did really well and then I did really bad. And then <laughs> I kind of got caught up in to culinary school because I was very interested in. It. I was working at cronies I thought it was something cool that I could do to express myself. And once I started culinary school, it completely enveloped me. It was one of those things where, like, a lot of people struggle their entire lives finding their passion or what they want to do with their lives. And that, I mean, outside of being a father, that was one of those things where, like, it really, like, locked in. I was like, holy shit, this is what I was made for. This is what I've been put here for, you know. And so I was still in college school and I started working. I, started, I wasn't working. I started staging. There's a big difference between staging and working. If you don't know the difference,
0: go Google it. It's fucking rough. <laughs> it, it is. It's crazy. When people, I remember back when I was in the game, I would get these, the newcomers. It'd be like, yeah. chef, I want to stage for you. And I was like, what do you mean stage? Like, you want to come in? Yeah, I'll work for free. And I was like, huh? Yeah. You, you want to do what? And it just and it kind of just depends on the level
1: that you're at and what you're looking to do, especially with your career. Like I always had the dreams of working fine dining and always working fine dining, Michelin star level. So I started staging at Providence and then Malise. Um, oh, and- Josiah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Josiah! Oh, <laughs> Josiah! And I was
0: only- I got a I got a funny story for you about him.
1: <laughs> and then I was because I was only at Malise for probably I think like six months. I was at Providence for a year, staging. Um, and at the time, labor laws were changing quite a bit, so I had worked for free the first two months. And then I was getting paid six dollars an hour. And this was in 2009 Um, and really loving it. But then also really hating it. Driving from Simi to to culinary school in Santa Monica and then from Santa Monica to Melrose and then back again. And like it just it was your hashtag fucking chef life. You know, it was it was really tough. And I thought I thought that's what was expected of me, you know, and it kind of was at the time. Um, And I was grateful for it. But then this company, I guess I could say it now. Hi. I mean, I was not allowed to say it on Netflix, but I can say it here um Hyatt came along and they were like well I got you how about we give you a set schedule um $10 an hour 10 25 an hour benefits traveling all sudden. I was like bet hopped the boat from fine dining into hotels which was a very like mixed emotion because it wasn't at the level I was used to um that I eventually got to in the hotels but at the time I was at the Hyatt in Westlake and it was really jarring because it was flipping burgers uh cop salads um um fucking chicken caesars you know just like shit that you see on like airport like i call it airport food and you go from making you know jellies and fucking galatines and ballotines and doing that shit it's just like you know you go from working some of the best restaurants in california or in, in l.a to like just a hotel you know i mean no don't be wrong it's not a, it's not a motel six or a holiday inn but it was, it's was a nicer hotel but From there, um, I got moved out to um, Ohio, so I was going through a pretty rough point in my life, um, and I was kind of looking for a way to get out of LA and get out of the scene um, in 2000, and I'd been out higher for two years at that point, in 2011, 2011, yeah, October 2011, um, we lost my stepsister to heroin. Yeah. And here in the CV Valley. And so that was kind of, um, obviously a shock, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's a, it was a long, long time ago. Um, but it's still kind of hard to comprehend. And it was like the classic story of, okay, opiates, she had had broken something, opiates, oxy, oxy got too expensive, couldn't fight it, turned to heroin, you know, and she ended up ODing and unfortunately she didn't make it, and I wasn't hanging out with the people that she was hanging out with, but I was hanging out with people by like one or two degrees, you know, separation. And I was still very young, you know. I was nineteen, I was twenty-one, and just doing just dumb shit and just benders and you know, just not. I never did heroin, but you know, did just a lot of fucking coke and a lot of drinking. And you know, oh yeah. How old are you? Were you doing? Started drugs? Oh, starting I was like like I was like eighteen, nineteen, like the hardest stuff. I'd always smoked weed. Always smoked weed. Uh but I got into like, you know, and I've always been and still am to this day, like I don't do them anymore, but I've always been an upper, not a downer guy. Amphetamines were my
0: fucking or my choice. Oh yeah. Amphetamine, yeah. And yeah, and amphetamines that's that's what I did. I started doing yeah. I started doing meth and when I was sixteen. Yeah. I was I was I was doing meth at sixteen and I was doing coke at fifteen yeah. i i I started really young doing drugs and makes my nose
1: it's just like thinking about it makes my nose it's just like fucking thinking about it um but yeah so i was just like dude i was just getting into trouble i got arrested a couple times um i mean this fucking bad boy i got got (laughs) in dui and then i got in some trouble for trafficking uh weed not people or anything Make that (laughs) fucking clear um and i did a little bit of time in county, um and so it was just all a culmination of that time in my life and i just I didn't have a direction. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Like I knew, um, I wanted to cook. I, I wanted to cook at a high level and, but I didn't think LA was for me at that time. And I think my stepsister passing was kind of like the catalyst. And then literally like a week later, I got a job offer and Columbus Ohio, of all places, and uh I'd like look on a map to see where Columbus, Ohio was because uh, growing up in California, you think California's like the entire United States, especially me that
0: lives- yeah, no, that's 100 percent true. everybody <laughs> thinks fucking l a Southern California is the only place that exists.
1: Yeah man and so uh yeah, and so I transferred out there, still got in trouble but a lot less <laughs> you know, and it was my first time on my own um paying my own bills and I was I was 20 I just turned 22. Um, so it took me a little bit longer to get out of the house, but, you know, we had a lot of family drama going on and, you know, my mom raised me and my brother and then, you know, she linked up with this guy who's my stepfather now. And, you know, there's just, there's a lot of moving parts, you know, and I, and I literally had no fucking direction, you know, a lot of people out there have a lot of help coming out of high school and like in those like adolescent years going into like their manhood and into their early twenties. Um, just because some families are built like that. And I, I didn't come from a family like that, you know, i I didn't have a father figure growing up, and I
0: have had some, but never a consistent one. So I just want to point out that this is probably the most rugged episode of My Vicious Love. We're literally (laughs) in a fucking strip mall right now. Totally. No, this is great, though. I feel like this is total chef life. Like, we're in a fucking strip mall right now (laughs) outside, like... Fucking doing right. what we do because it's loud in the kitchen right now. So I'm like, ah, let's yeah. just shoot it outside. We're but my commissary kitchen that wedged <laughs> it was wedged in
1: between a prescription drug store, a salon,
0: <laughs> a bike shop, um a uh tattoo parlor, pa- mm-hmm. tattoo parlor, and the liquor store. So Yeah, like legitimately, sure. this is like we're raw jogging today in the best way possible. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But you, what's what's really crazy about what you said is I feel that the chef industry is compiled by a bunch of misfits, people that didn't fit in, the outcasts, fucking people who like to party. I mean, realistically speaking, when you interact with back of the house, when you're dealing with the chefs and the fucking, you know, the the line cooks, everyone's tatted up. Comes from always usually aggressive. It's very aggressive.
1: aggressive. It's It's a cheeseball. It's very fucking uh, grandioso. You know, yeah, a lot of like a lot of a lot of big dick energy with a lot of small dicks behind it
0: uh, yes very 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 <laughs> <Go ahead>. very, <laughs> was, guilty <laughs> very was guilty very 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 fucking true it was very it's always been that's realistically why I kind of I just couldn't take it anymore just it's the being coming from a, a my background and having such a like crazy childhood and crazy teenage years and in my twenties and it was always so rock star yeah. Kind of transitioning, you know, because I never worked in a restaurant. I was always private chefing, catering. Saying, yeah. yeah, I yeah. never I never worked in a restaurant. So and now that I don't think listening to everyone's kind of back of the house stories, I don't think I would have ever, ever survived. I would have been, I you thought I did fine. <laughs> you would have nutted up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's just true. I would have nutted up. So now that you're like had to have had this career and you've worked in fine dining, you've done the brick and mortar and you've done, you know, even you had this, you know, crazy pandemic come up story. What yeah. what is been your biggest like what has what been your biggest trials and tribulations like going through this?
1: Um, My biggest like especially personally, I'm like, this is this is me. This isn't the business. This isn't like the place I worked in and stuff it's always been kind of like finding balance, you know, between your, your mental, emotional work and family. I mean, people always want to talk about like work life balance. though. but like when you talk about the life part of it, like work is pretty self-explanatory. Um, but the life part can get very, very complicated. You know, it's not just like life with your wife, life with your kids, life with, you know, your friends, family, you know, it's also your mental state. It's also your, your personalities, you know, you, it's where you at in life, you know, like are you taking care of yourself? Are you eating right? Are you, you know, are you putting yourself before the business or the company you were for or the kitchen? You know, and I feel a lot of us chefs, and a lot of people pre-pandemic struggled with that a lot because it was always the expectation of us. You know, we always had the fucking joke like what, PTO, what's PTO? You know, when I, when I left Hyatt, when I left Hyatt before the pandemic left, I left with almost 290 hours of PTO that i had never used. Because I thought it was expected of me not to use it. Luckily they cashed me out on it and I walked away with like seven grand, but it, it should have been damn near eighteen grand with the hours I was worth. You know. So they give you like a like a like a, a supplement for it and everything. But I never used it. I never used sick days. I never fucking um Dude, when Nalani was born, my first born in Kentucky when she was born, I went back a week early and Anna was fucking pissed and like and at the time Anna and I were in such a fucking rough spot too that it was like hard to even like comprehend having a kid because it was like such a uh oh, like such accident that It came out of fucking nowhere. Um, But it's just, it's, I think the work-life balance is such a struggle, especially for people who are passionate and hungry. And it's not like, we don't do this because, like, we like, I mean, some of us like the fucking pain. Yeah. But a lot of us don't do this. Yeah. Copy. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of us do this because, you know, we're passionate about it. It's not because we hate ourselves or because, you know, we're masochists.
0: Yeah. You want to turn it down? Yeah. No. No. Keep, keep. Keep. Yeah. Yeah. you can tear it down. It's. It was getting pretty. It? it was getting pretty fucking loud outside. Are you turn the music a little bit. Yeah. Well, cause in
1: that corner too, like at us. Yeah. For a minute, we're probably gonna go back outside. But like, every time we do a fucking podcast out there, so. Yeah. Yeah. No. Keep, keep, keep it going. I'm gonna grab our shit. Um. But yeah. As far as. You know, work-life balance, it's, like, kind of the thing where it's, like, we all understand what work is, but, like, what does your life balance really mean, and what does that chalk up to? Is it, you know, spending time with your kids? Is it spending time for yourself? Is it spending time with your significant other? Um, is it taking care of yourself? Those are the things that I really kind of started taking a long, hard look at, especially owning my own business, you know? I take, you know, I work very hard Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, But then I take very hardcore days off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, And I spend time with my kids. I spend time with myself. I play fucking video games. You know, I, you know, I smoke a lot of weed. I take that because that's what helps me get through the Thursday,
0: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, that's wild. In so many people, I I trip out because you have a full ass life. You have a full ass wife Mm -hmm. and full ass kids. You just became a fucking papa. Again, A for key. the third time, third time. Yeah. <laughs> for the third time, you know, five days ago. Yeah. At, you haven't slept in. I've like 25 hours. 25 sleep. hours of sleep. I remember the long nights of being in the kitchen. Yeah. The long nights of pr- preparing for events, preparing for clients. I can't imagine what it would be like to be layered, have that layered with children yeah, and fucking a wife and a full ass life. Like, I mean, for me, being gay and you know maybe just being in a relationship, that was a lot. Yeah, but you have managed to fucking just I'm trying bulldoze through all of that. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. How how is that? How has all this affected your like your home life? How do you balance all this with your wife and the kids? Well, I and I will say like this would not be possible, and I'm not
1: even like trying to fucking gas up right now. Like this would not be possible without Anna um who's who's my wife mother of my children if no if people didn't know that um but without her, she was a driving force when we first opened obviously we've made adjustments with more kids coming along and like work work life balance for her but at the beginning there, she was there for every service every cook she was she runs all of our front of house um stuff you know everything from payroll to running the talk account to running the um like, emailing people, getting back to emails, setting up catering events. After the show came out, she was doing a lot of my PR, managing a lot of my time with different news outlets and different people. After the Eat article came out, she was managing conversations with, you know, public- other publications and all these other things. So like, I am very fortunate to be one of the lucky ones to have a wife that came from the industry uh, because she wasn't a chef, but she had always worked front of house. And she always worked front of house at a very high level, which one, when we were moving a lot with Hyatt, made it very easy for her to find work. Because Anna is a very work-driven human being, and that's what's kind of been hard lately because she's on such mommy mode. Because we have a a, a four our a four day, five day, five day old, a twenty month old, and then a seven year old. You know, and all different personalities. Busy that. boy. <laughs> <laughs> dude. And it's fun, dude. When we we had the same long story for a short story. We had the same um, baby doctor, same gynecologist for Kainoa, the second one, as we did the third one. And after she had Kainoa, I think maybe eight, like died once and passed and once and passed or stuff. And it was like, oh, we, had to, <laughs> we had to make another appointment. We roll in and you fucking looked and he's just like, you ever think you just like staying off her? I was like, nah, dude.
0: <laughs> like, like, I mean, three kids and, you, and they're back to back. How old is your, your, your daughter? So there's a pretty, there's a pretty the big back, the big gap, right? Pretty big gap with Nalani
1: to my second born because, um, uh, when Nalani was born Ed and I weren't even dating. Um, we were, exclusively not exclusive
0: <laughs> oh you guys were fwb <laughs> yes. you impregnated your
1: fwb yes. we had we, we had dated um we had dated previously uh for quite a while too and we just we ended up going our separate ways and i've been dating Tender was very big then <laughs> you know, back into it's tender 2015 because my daughter was born in 2016 um yeah so i was just living in lola kentucky just acting a fucking fool and um Yeah, man. And then she approached. I mean, she approached me. I I found the pregnancy test, and it was a big fucking fiasco. And dude, we didn't know we were gonna be together. I didn't know if I was gonna be cutting checks because at that point, up until that time, I never wanted to be a dad. And like, I talked to my mom about it now. And like, when I was younger, when I was like younger, younger, I was always talking about having a big family because I never had one. You know, my mom raised me. My mom raised me and my brother. And then nothing against my mom, but we kind of had like interchangeable daddies there for a while. You know, like me and my brother have different fathers, and then. She remarried to a man where I get the last name Sandoval from and then they divorced. And then she out with this man. So I've always had like a rotating um, door of like father figures and um, never really spent any time with my grandparents because my mother's father died in prison. Um, And I, I, you know, so I've never really had a father figure in my life. And I think that's what it made it become so important to become to be a good dad and want to and and want to be the the father figure that that you never had and and i've had my highs and lows and you know there's you know i've when i've had my low lows and just like you know and i I are fighting or we're getting into it i'm just like you know like i've never been given the example of what good father is but on the on the opposite hand i am a chef and then i don't want to fucking be like cliche bullshit oh the kitchen raised me but like low-key like you kind of did i looked up to a lot of my chefs I, i saw a lot of my chefs as my father figures, and especially the, the chefs in the smaller hotels where it was just executive chef, me, sous chef, and then all mine employees, you know? So it was just like your relationship and that kind of dynamic has to be so fucking tight because like, there's only seven days in the week and each of you have to take, legally have to take two days off. So there's four days you don't see each other. So if you guys don't have a fucking drum tight system, then it's going to fall apart. And I worked with people a lot. I've always worked with people a lot more fucking talented than me and a lot more aggressive than me. Which kind of helped and hurt in the long run. Chef Kirby and I were just talking about this morning how I've actively changed my attitude owning my own business and not being the stereotypical, you know, just like hollering and screaming chef, which I think is very stupid. And that's what I kind of try to lead over into my fathership role as a father to my kids, because everyone can fly off the handle, right? Everyone can fucking go crazy. Like my mom's done it. You come from a Hispanic family. I'm sure your fucking mother's done it. You know, like, you know, it's tough being a parent so being a fucking single parent you know so it's in my mind moving forward and moving forward with Anna as a father was more of a priority than the drugs and the partying and you know the craziness I was still I was still working myself to that I was still overly committed to a job that didn't give two fucks about me honestly you know I love how I did great don't if fucking someone from corporate's listening right now like I loved high. I did fantastic things for me. We were able to move all around the country and meet all different types of people. I was paid extremely fucking well. You know, when I left the company, I was only an executive suit. I was making six figures, you know, but I was also very hungry for it. You know, I never turned down a, 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 a challenge. I never said no, which also kind of hurt, you know, being, being a dad. And that was just for one. So when we started up barbecue, the fact that I had Anna interlocked in with me and she was just, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I'm not like no one will ever be as passionate about this as, as I am, this is this is my thing. This is what I've always wanted. As as a man, as a chef, as a human, just as a fucking like, just as a greedy motherfucker, man. Because like I want to be that dude, you
0: know. Well, it's you know it's it's extremely interesting because I, I, I just recently I did an event um mm-hmm. in uh, Sherman Oaks, and oh yeah 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 uh, yeah I did an event in Sherman Oaks and. I have a, I had a couple chefs working for me. And granted, the event wasn't even that bad, eh, that big. It was like appetizer, charcuterie. It was pretty fucking... It was pretty chill. How many and people do you think? It was probably like 150. Okay, so um, a decent yeah, size. Yeah, it was, it was a decent size. And, you know, the chefs, now that I contract, I'm just saying like, hey, look, I'll do the prep. I'll do the prep. Like, you know, I need you to come in and fucking plate this shit, execute it. I need you to bring your fucking A-game. So my buddy... I brought them on and I do have the fucking I and I need to stop doing this. I need to start trusting the chefs a little bit more and not get on their asses. But they keep telling me they're like, that's not that I'm trying to micromanage them, but it's like I'm like, what are you doing over here? here let me taste this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm over here, you know, fucking being an executive chef after I said that I wasn't going to do this. And my boys were they were making deviled eggs. They were making deviled eggs, and I kept on looking down at the fucking eggs, right? And they were gonna start setting them out, and I looked over to my chef, and I was like, "Hey, um, what do you do about these eggs? They're they're a little dirty." And he's like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Yeah, they're they're fucking dirty, bro." Like, like, what do you mean? What do I mean? Yeah, what do you mean? Like, we're doing appetizers, and that's that's all you're supposed to do today. Was it tray pass? It was a tray pass. And so I was like, so you gotta be iron tight. Yeah. So I was just like, Hey bro, like, are you going to do something about this? So finally I said, get out of the way. And Greg said, I was all dressed up in a suit. I was, you know, I was entertaining and I said, get the fuck out of the way. He's like, Whoop, bro, I was like, get out of the way. Let me show you how to do it. And so he got so mad that I pushed him out. I got both of the chefs out of the kitchen. Like, let me show you how I want it done. And they were kind of looking at me, and I could tell that their pride and their egos were getting the best of them. And I said, "I want the appetizers plate like this. I want the gold like this. I want this like this." <laughs> and they're like, "Are you are you going to get out of the kitchen?" I said, "Are you going to send out these fucking dirty eggs?" Like, and then we had a powwow afterwards. I oh, was gonna have push Yeah, and, and yeah, shit. yeah, and then so afterwards we we you know the event was over. We went and went. And I like, hey, let me talk to you boys for a minute. And they both were like, you know, you're very difficult to work for. And I was just like, why am I difficult to work for? He's like, well, you know, you, you said you don't want a chef. You said you don't want to do these things. But you literally came and corrected us. And I was like, would you? I said, if this was your motherfucking event, would you send out some dirty ass eggs? And then they both started laughing. They're like, yes, chef. And I was like, fuck you guys. Don't call me that. And they're like, and they 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 were they were like, no, they're like, you need to accept the fact that this is always going to be a part of you. This is your lineage. This is who you are. Even yeah. if you walked away from it, this is still who you are. And so I I I remember leaving that day, driving home, and I was like, yeah, I have a very long think about that. I had, yeah, because no, no, because it was like even though, but okay. So this is where I kind of get into the next portion of this. Like. Right, right? This is all I know. I've mm-hmm. spent the past fifteen years in the kitchen. I finally decided to, you know, to walk away from it and to get into something different, distress myself. You know, it gives me anxiety being in here. Even like watching your guys work right now. I'm like, fuck, I don't miss and, this at all. And we're on our downside. And they're on their downtime right now. We're on our downside from
1: Christmas. The crazy days will last like two days. And so like just a visual for people listening right now because you can't see it. We're slowly packaging everything for our Christmas Eve. Um, see tomorrow. So, everything's already cooked, everything's already prepped, everything's all in containers. But everyone now we're cryo stuff, we're portioning things. So, this is like, this is the easy day. Yeah, t- today's our easy
0: day. And I walk
1: in and, and and Drayden has stu- stood up and paced twice now. So, <laughs> <we> sat
0: down. <laughs> I'm, I have like the biggest FOMO like trauma, right? As soon as I walk in, I'm like, oh, they look all comfy. I'm gonna kind of come in motherfucking equestrian boots and some leggings. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't miss this. But of course, I'm like, peeking around, like, I'm, like, doing that, and I'm, it's never gonna leave it's never, me. It's nah. never gonna leave, and... And as so, you... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you didn't say? And, I, and like, as you go forward in life, that's what I've kind of
1: learned, too, is just, like, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to have standards. It's not a bad thing to have expectations. You know, like, I work in a very different realm outside of the private... Ch- I, I work in barbecue. Barbecue is dirty, barbecue is smelly, barbecue is fire and stink, and big guys, like, this motherfucker fucking... You know, like, where's it? It's, it's uh, a... <laughs> It's an industry um, that is very well known to be hardcore Texan and it's very gritty and grimy, you know. It's, I mean, I've been up the last three nights in the pit. Um, I don't even smell smoke anymore because it's just it's become a constant in my life. And, you know, it is a it's not a, I don't want to call it dirty because that's such a bad fucking comparison, especially in kitchens. But it is a it's 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 a lot of meat. It's a lot of grease it's man's work it's man's work. <laughs> it's man's work it's carrying a lot of coals you know lighting a lot of fires but even coming into this realm of the industry coming from a chef from the chef realm into the pit master quote-unquote realm not a lot's changed you know and even as a father not a lot has changed you know when it comes to being because when you boil it down to it when you look at my like you want to talk about like the nuclear family right the nucleus family the nuclear family what they call it Back in the fucking, you know, the, the, the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s, you had mom that stayed at home with the kids, you had dad that worked, and you had the kids, you know? And for some strange reason, even though we are in 2023, my family has now, like, fallen back into that role a little bit. Don't be wrong. Anna's still a very strong... She's a beast. I've, yeah. I've watched her. She was a fucking she... beast. She was, she was helping with services up until she was two weeks out from being do, you know? So and, and, and it was the same thing with kind she was... Because we've had two kids while that barbecue's been open and both times she's been on the front lines up to like almost nine months pregnant. So you, you can't take that away from... Because it's also... Because it's also fucking in- integrated into her blood too. But the way we see it, the way... Because we have these three little kids, right? We want to set them up for the best possible results in their lives. No matter... Dude, and I, and I tell man and i make the joke like if Nalani wants to be a stripper she better be stripping in fucking like
0: vegas at she like, better be stripping at the top tier at the, she better she better be at Spare the right now the, the clubs <laughs> you don't even hear about yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, better be in dubai you know like we just want our kids to have that drive and that want but without like the soul crushing need to impress anyone and everyone like we were all expected to when we were younger be the best do the best fucking you know make the most money fucking beat all the other competition everything which is a great mindset to have which i still have which i'm trying to break myself from and I, i'm not a big fan of like i'm not a gentle parent The the whole gentle parenting thing that's come around now which i get and i totally understand yeah fuck that i i get it and like things are different now times are different but like we are very stern with our kids you know and like nalani when nalani, when she's not at school she's in here in the shop and she's helping you know we want to set our kids up with the tools that they need for the future but without slamming something like religion
0: or or some government structure down their throats. So we want them to be able to think with their own minds. Yeah, one. I I, I I feel like that's extremely important. And you know, w- within parenting, um, it's so I really haven't disclosed this, but I was gonna adopt this year. I was I was that's ready good. to go. Like the city was ready to give me, was ready to give me a kid, and I didn't end up getting the kid because well, I. Well, I, I'll give you a good price. <laughs> yeah, I I mean realistically, I think I'm gonna probably have kids within the. Uh, In the next couple years Um, I was well in in my last Relationship um, We I was under the impression That we were going to have kids um, And then at the end of the relationship was like I never wanted kids and I was like Bro I just spent three years with you And you fucking lied to me about having children And so after we broke up I went Through like this really down I, I, I went through a really down slope And the need for Wanting a child I think like went even higher yeah so I went through the foster care system I went through all the classes and did all the adoption paperwork and legitimately they were coming to expect my place Mm -hmm. but I have ferrets and (laughs) pretty much the city of Los Angeles told me like you're gonna have to get rid of your ferrets yeah and I said I will be a single, per, per, I'm going to be single <laughs> and For with average. no children because I'm not getting rid of right. my fucking animals. Like, right. And, but I sat there and I was like, fuck, like I could give a child the best home. Yeah, absolutely. But they told me, they're like, you know, you're never going to, if you're in a city with your animals and the, you know, they're not yeah. allowed to have them, then you understand. can go elsewhere and you can adopt in another city. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I mean,
1: ch- like. I didn't. I didn't bear the children, Anna. Bear the children, but like fatherhood has been an an, an insane experience. Like, and we had Nalani pretty pretty young. I was twenty five, Anna was twenty six. Um, like I said, it was completely like unexpected. Um, kind of was planned, and then um, L J Logan Jr. Um, the one that was just born. We were supposed to start trying like now during Christmas of two thousand and. Uh, so see how that went and, and
0: yeah <laughs> and you completely just
1: that, that 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 didn't work out that way and it, and it did but he came out with 10 fingers 10 toes healthy as a fucking you know healthy as
0: all hell He's been sleeping a lot stuck out of tit a lot you know so you said something very interesting before we started podcasting that really got my my brain thinking um i'm a firm believer and that we go through different seasons in our lives and we go through different character arcs in our life and sometimes yeah, sure. things get stagnant. Sometimes we're it's life is this big roller coaster, right? And we're constantly up and down and up and down. And I feel that it's the same way in your career. Yeah. Right? And when you were saying downstairs, you know, you were riding the wave of the pandemic and Zeph Barbecue and mm-hmm. you guys got all these reviews and then you had the boom and then you it kind of went down a little yep. bit and then you went on Netflix yep. and you were riding the Netflix wave. And now you're kind of down here again. Like, no, we're, you're, still, we're still on the wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> the, you're, the, wave, the wave is crashing, though. The, the wave is the wave crashing. Is crashing. Yeah. But do you think that maybe sometimes the wave needs to crash a little bit for a grounding? Or do you want to keep going? Do you want to keep, like, going high? And then what happens if there's a big crash instead of, like, letting the little dip happen? I think I would agree
1: with I've never actually, like, thought about it that way, but, I mean, we want to say crash, but, like, dude, you you fucking need breaks, you know, because it was, after that Eater article, like, the, the Netflix show was great, right, and I got on TV, I got to show my ass, I did really fucking well, and I was able to produce some really cool food and impress a lot of people, um, and make some really cool connections, um, but the Eater article back in 2021 was absolutely fucking insane, like, when you have one of the best known food writers in California say that you're one of the best new restaurants in California, and you're fucking cooking out of a garage, out of a, out of a, out of, eight coolers and a whirlpool refrigerator and a fucking rented smoker. It, it's, it's, dude, you're on cloud nine, you know. But I would tell you what, and I'll tell everyone out there starting those business and like looking for success and everything. It the first like month was absolutely insane, you know. And it's, and not only that because we were such a small, we were such a small. And are still a small operation. The the influx of orders, and then people getting pissed because they can't get an order in, and then the backlash for being outspoken about BLM and being outspoken about trans rights and being outspoken about um, gay rights and like abortion rights and everything. Like Anna and I are very we don't exactly agree with the president, but we are very. I don't I don't even know what it is like. I was I was only allowed to start voting like in 2019. Yeah, <laughs> after my felony, I wasn't allowed to vote for ten years. Yeah. But it was it was it was a kind of a shell shock because you expect everyone to love you
0: and adore you. Oh yeah, no. As and soon it,
1: as you make it political, the, and not only that, they're they're waiting for you to fall, right? And luckily, we never fell too hard on our faces or anything. We never like I never like burnt a whole cooker of food, or we had our ups and downs. But like you're saying, like you keep going up, 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 and you're you're all the way fucking up in the clouds, and then all of a sudden someone pulls the rug out and you fall face force. Instead
0: of instead of falling on. Your hands and knees, or falling back on your feet, you're falling on your fucking face. So this year, I willingly sent myself to the gallows. I mm. willingly allowed myself to fall flat on my motherfucking ass. Yeah. I'm talking about. I quit working. I went broke, but I chose to go broke. Well, and then you moved cho- to San Diego. You kind of took like a hiatus, took a siesta. Yeah, I t- I t- yeah. I was I was working for a company in San Diego. Um, you know, I was there for about three months, which is the most humble. Granted, I got paid a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um, and it was great. Um, it it really humbled me Mm -hmm. because I had never had a regular job and I was still, I still ran my business on the side, like I'm running my business Mm -hmm. and still, I was making dual income, but it was very grounding because I was like taking orders from somebody else. And I was like running a team of 13 people and we were, you know, producing all these events and doing all these installs and stuff like that, which was great, you know? Well, you know, that that that, that well that, and then it's kinda like like leading off of that, like it was kind of vice versa for me. I'd worked
1: for someone else my my entire professional career. And not just someone else, I worked for a fucking conglomerate, I worked for a, a corporation, one of the biggest hotel corps in America. So there was always someone you had an answer to. There was always someone that wanted more out of you or needed something else out of you, or expected a higher level of success without giving you the tools that you needed. There was always that expectation, right? And I was always the first one to fucking jump at it. But now I am the one that sets the expectation. I'm the one that sets the standards. But that's also why we've gotten three 100% health scores in the past, you know, two years. That's also why, you know, I run a fucking 17% food cost. That's also why my, my employees are treated well. You know, you set the standard for not only yourself, but then your team as well. And Hyatt gave me those tools. But like, Hyatt had a fucking endless bank account, man. And when I, would, when I was traveling around the country and helping open up sushi restaurants, and I was help, helping open up Pan-Asian restaurants, Dude, the checkbook, I would send them, a, um, uh, like an order sheet for equipment that we would need. Dude, stamp, stamp. There was times where I was sending equipment orders for $800,000 equipment orders for $200,000 for these brand spanking new like sushi restaurants, Pan-Asian restaurants, full build outs. And I'm just talking about, I'm just talking about what I need in the kitchen. I'm not talking about the dining room and the glass and all the other nitpicky shit that goes into it. And now I'm, I'm buying a certain type of salt because it's, Ninety five cents cheaper
0: than than the other. The other time. Well, yeah, because it, it, it's it's different being mom and pop and dealing with yeah. corporate stuff, you know. Um, which, wh- what I really loved about going corporate for a little bit, and and I think that I it's low key, like lack of responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, much. no, no. It's true. It's true. Um. So I really liked, and I and I keep telling everybody this. I really love the dual income. Yeah, like. Double income because normally, you know, when you're in a relationship and we have a partner, you you guys split the income and now I'm not in a relationship and I can have my own business and work a fucking regular job, which I to be honest with you, I love because it's I'm efficient. Yeah. I'm I'm on top of things. I have a schedule. Like I love it. I'm like going to the fucking gym, going to work, on calls, dealing with my own thing. You know, I have a I have a new business partner out of New York um who helps me run my own business. Um, I have a fucking assistant in Venezuela like yeah. I, who does all my calls. Who I pay like 500 bucks a, a month for, <laughs> yeah. you know, because in Venezuela, that's a lot of money. And so I have like a team now. Yeah, I have a team now. And I'm just like, OK, like it gives me more free time to to, to work and to be creative and to want to excel. And that's where I'm at right now. It's a very interesting point of my life because so I'm actually I leave tomorrow. Like I was saying, I'm, so I'm going on vacation tomorrow. I'm going to Georgia, I'm going to Florida, and uh, the Carolinas, Uh Um, but I'm going to go look at properties, I'm going to look at houses, mostly in Georgia, I'm going to buy my first property in Georgia, but then I'm ending in Florida because um, my girlfriend of mine wants to open up some businesses in Tampa, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, wait a minute, how did this happen? Like, how am I having these conversations of possibly opening up businesses in Tampa, When did this come about? And, and I'm starting to see that when, like I said, when we're talking about the roller coaster, right? When mm-hmm. we're like, oh, we think we're not at the height of our career or we think that we're taking a slump. Sometimes those slumps are so important. Mm-hmm. They're not even slumps. Yeah. They're just like a fucking, you're, this is like a downtime or a low point. I guess it's you got to change the verbiage, right? Well, if you change the fucking yeah. verbiage, everything changes. So on my downtime... Yeah. Right. And my downtime that I chose to have. Mm-hmm. Right. So that changes the fucking dynamic when I'm changing my verbiage right now. My downtime that I chose to have mm-hmm. to work on myself. I open myself up to possibilities mm-hmm. and the statue of limitations that I did not know existed for myself yeah. to do something different and walk down a different path. Yeah. And it's crazy because the businesses that. I might open in Tampa. They're fucking restaurants, yeah. you know? And I'm just like, I'm not going to the 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 fucking catch it away with it. Yeah. I can't, can't get it. I'm like, you know, cause people, are, but I'm just like, Hey, if I'm not working, I'm not, if I'm not fucking making food, right? Yeah. I'm good at business. I'm good at running a business. I'm good at the logistics and the marketing and stuff like that. Why can't I put aside my own personal feelings to, towards the situation and look at it from a business aspect, Right. 'cause who knows maybe right now, like your your wave with this barbecue aspect of your life, it's a wave, mm-hmm. and something bigger might come come along, or something might change, and right now, you're still in your barbecue season, yeah, and it might be fucking five ten yeah, twenty third more yeah 30 more you 30. you still might do it, or this might be like, okay, I think I'm done here, mm-hmm. yeah. How do you think, like, how do you, how do you feel like that would affect you if you ever were to kind of step away from barbecue and do something different? Um, oh, I mean, I've had that conversation.
1: I've had that conversation with myself. I've had that conversation with my susha. I've had that conversation with my wife about it, some of my best friends. is just like, I never, I uh, I don't want to make myself sound like an asshole, but like, do it. Barbecue is not my passion barbecue is not my passion that's why but was, you're good at it but i'm good at it i'm very, I'm very good at it um to the point where I've, i'm on i've been on national tv and i have all these accolades like i never got that shit for sushi i never got that shit for pan asian i never got that for being the hardest working motherfucker at hyatt you know i got all these accolades because of, bar- of barbecue you know and i've been talking with some business friends and some business partners about moving forward and what we want to do and stuff and it's like immediately they're like well i mean if you open up a restaurant what do you want to do i'm like oh i want to go back to course food like I want to, I want to go back to courses. I want to go back to you know, maybe not fine dining, but like a more casual fine dining. I want to make I want to make composed dishes. Right now we're selling meat by the pound, we're selling you know, curry bowls, we're selling sandwiches and stuff. Like I miss not even like tweezers, but I miss making a composed plate. I miss plating. I miss garnishing. I miss you know that kind of shit that's like so indoctrinated into you when you're so much younger. And we've had we've had times to do that. We've done beer pairing dinners. We've done um employees only. Big shout out to Tom Sopit. Uh, we've done, we've had those chances, but it comes very, very far in between. Because guess what? The the fucking, we do a lot of cool shit. The, the curry doesn't pay my bills. The... Um, curry, what's another cool... What's another cool dish we've done lately? That we really hyped on. Uh-huh. But didn't sell well. What we did, we great. Like, the, the Stabas, we, we... Oh, yeah, dude, we did do on, like, fuck, thank you, chef. Uh, we went on our, we got on our fucking high horse and we like we did an event. And we got our asses completely kicked, but it was at like a brewery and we did scalp tostadas and like duck tacos and like lamb neck um, uh, taquitos and they were all plated really nice and everything and like and no one bought them. <laughs> they didn't come for fucking yeah. They, they didn't come for fucking ceviche. They came for brisket. You know, that's, that's like that's the hard part because that's cause that's your audience right now. Yes, 100. And that's what I've created into. And because we are good at it, and because we're efficient at it, you know, and because. We hit at such a perfect time, you know, because in all the other places I live across the country, we could have never done this in Chicago. We could have never done this in Louisville or Columbus or Monterey. I mean, there's a lot of t- people are just like, you should move to Texas. Like, I'm like, dude, we would get swallowed in Texas. Like, yeah, you're a fucking dime a dozen there. I'm a fucking white Asian coming out of L.A. that wears fucking fucking tie dye. Like, I'll, <laughs> they'll fucking kill me, you know. And then, <laughs> and so that. Like, we have our moments where we do do cooler stuff. Like we we do incorporate lamb shanks and crab and scallops. And, you know, we make fried fried chicken sandwiches, like, or, but, but to the to the point that they're almost like fucking fine dining, you know? So it's just like, it's finding a balance of like what you, you do what you have to do to do what you want to do, you know? And it just goes in hand in hand with the old saying that like, you have to sacrifice perfection for success, you know? And, and just like, you know, hearing you talk about like the doubled eggs and everything. And like, there are times where you do have to step back and you do have to give yourself some mental clarity. Like this week has been pretty, this week is one of our busiest weeks of the year. And this is, this week I've spent less time in the kitchen because of my kid. And guess what? Kirby picked up the slack. Fucking Aiden picked up the slack. Fucking Adam picked up the slack because just because you I trusted your team for once in my fucking life. Cause usually you can ask them, I usually, I'm breathing down their fucking necks, you, you know, but that is, what has got me here, so I don't know any different. You got to let go, and you only know, y'all, you know, fucking people have told me that in the you past got a, l- three years of just you got to let it go, and I'm still struggling to do that every day.
0: Well, as long as you bite the elephant a little bit at a time, you take one little snibbles of it, yeah. and you're still chipping away at it. you eat an elephant, oh yeah, God, one God. fucking bite at a time, you know. And so I can kind of give you like my structure of of how I kind of just. Started getting into new elements and getting into new aspects of of my career and how I'm still even though I'm fucking retired I'm still in the fucking kitchen like yeah. <laughs> I'm retired but I'm like at this point I'm a fucking seventy five year old man that said he retired yeah. but he's still at the fucking donut shop making donuts yeah. behind everybody's back yeah. you know well
1: and, you, and in the industry too and I know you haven't worked for a lot of like not that you didn't work for anything structured but like you haven't worked for like the big hotels or or you know, like the big restaurants and stuff, and that's all I've ever done. So you always meet that, that Cisco rep or that produce rep. Like, I was a chef for 15 years, and I said, fuck it. And, and, like, I'm still talking to chefs, and those are the people that I value a lot, especially for my business, because, like, if I have a Cisco rep that used to be a chef, then they fucking understand. If I have a, a fishmonger or a, a protein guy, you know, shout out Rocker Brothers, because they have a lot of good staff there, but a lot of them are ex-chefs. Those are the people I want to talk to. Those people, when I say at Pismo, or a fucking 4 by 5 they're going to know what the fuck I'm talking about. You know, Matt from fucking,
0: you know, from law school is not. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. L- like, this year, so I'm actually, this will be the last year that I'm doing catering. Like, I'm pretty much, you want to go into, like, more event stuff. I've seen your shit. It's gorgeous. Y- yeah, it's yeah I'm, I'm, I'm more into events, but I hate to say it, but I still make a shit ton of money in catering. No matter what, no matter if I hand it out over to another chef, had a white label, whatever, I'm still doing fucking catering. But the problem is that because you get used to the money, you can never really walk away from it. And so I talked to my business partner this year and I said, hey, 2023, it was 50-50. So it was 50% catering, 50% events. Mm-hmm. I said, hey. We're going to be running at 75-25. So 75% events, 25% catering. Yeah. And he's like, are you sure you want to do that? And I was like, well, why are you asking me if I'm sure, if I'm telling you? Ew. Like, I wasn't asking you you, you. you. you can't see my face, but I just smiled very, very much. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just like, I wasn't asking you. I was telling you that this mm-hmm. is what we're doing. He's like, but you're going to lose. I said, I didn't ask fuck you. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm fucking What's telling fuck you. Up? Shut the fuck up, bro. <laughs> yeah, because... If I continue doing that and I don't know how to get that 25% more of events, yeah. right? I have to figure out now that I'm going to walk away from fucking catering. Yeah. I have which to is figure out. Which, is- which is great money. Which is great money. Now I have to figure out how to get that in event dollars. Yeah. So I have to boost up our event sales by 25% to cover the catering. And at that point in 2025, I'm going to be fully out of Not the kidding. kitchen yeah. as I'm fucking sitting here going to go make some restaurant deals. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, but I, I I think at the end of the day, you know, when I, when, when I go talk to the people out in Florida, you know, I told them straight up, like, look, if you want me to help you open up restaurants and you want to open up a chain and shit... Like, just so you know, I will not be in the kitchen. I'll help set the shit up. I'll hire staffing, Mm -hmm. but this hoe is done with her Crocs. You know, like one hundred percent. And oh yeah, and it's just you have to if you're gonna if you want to make a leap in your career in your life, like if you decide, you know. I don't want to do barbecue anymore, but yeah. the barbecue money is good. How the fuck are you ever going to elevate yourself to be the person that you're supposed to be if you're settling on something you're not passionate about? In that way, I mean, honest, Honestly. I know, mic drop. No, no, I know, but a good mic drop because
1: I feel that that circles really hardcore back to like the rest of our conversation where you're putting, just like you're talking about like going to Florida and like, you know, talking to these people in Venezuela, everything you're, what you're doing is, you know, my, my age old credo is like, and I should listen to it more but you need to put aces in the places, right? So I have Kirby who is ready to take over. I mean, he's not very he's not he's not in the cooker as much as he should be, but as far as here, as far as the restaurant, it he can run it. You know, we have staff now that will follow him that knows what like the expectation just like talking about expectation, you know, leading people in your team and maybe we you know, maybe is that barbecue become? and we open up a restaurant in the next couple of years and we open up another one and a couple more and then now Chef Kirby is now he's at barbecue. barbecue. Yeah, he's at Barbecue. He's the he's at barbecue. barbecue. One of my um, really was a judge and was a hero that is now a mentor and a really good friend, Kevin Bloodsoe, who owns Bloodsoe Barbecue here in L.A. He has just opened up his second spot in Santa Monica, um, who was also the judge on Barbecue Showdown, who was very harsh on me, but saved my ass a lot of times because I really feel like he got what I was trying to do and how I was trying to express myself food and barbecue um i did an event with him in texas and rashid from the first season back in september and i had some extremely good conversations business conversations with kevin about how he's running how he's dying he doesn't go to those restaurants no more he just gets a fucking check every month man but his name's still slapped on it he's still in the caribbean promoting fucking blood cells if that becomes my life or if that becomes like a part of it or We leaves up barbecue and we open up one here. We open one in Chicago. Say it's just all the places I've ever lived in, right? And it's a cross-country thing. But you get the people like Kirby or you get, like, the people like your business partner. You get people that you trust, that you care about, and that, like, are not as passionate or caring as you, but will fucking walk through fire for you. Yeah. There are people out there. There's a lot of... Not... What's the the term? I don't want to use alpha because that's such a fucking bro term. But there's a lot of, like, main characters out there. But there's also a lot of people who just, like... Dude, they're just down with supporting people who have a fucking clear clear passion, clear vision. Um, they get paid well. They get taken care of well, you know? And that's the big thing that I learned
0: from Hyatt was like how you approach people and how you treat people. Well, that kind of went off on a tangent. No, no, no. It's, it's, no, it's, it's great. Well, it's like me. I gave up 30% of my business. Mm. But with giving up 30% of my business, I have been able to do so much more on the battlefield, on the planes, like I have so much more bandwidth. I don't have to deal with the client. Huh. I don't have to deal with the invoicing. I just tell me where the fuck to go. Tell me what I'm doing. Yep. I'll you know if I need to 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 you know do the networking, I'll do it. You see all the deals. Here you go. Yeah. And I because I've I've been mentored. I've you know I've been getting the high high level mentorship. I see things differently. I walk differently now. And I understand it's just like we limit ourselves and we constrict ourselves to what we think is best for us and we're capable of. But if you break down that barrier and you break down those fucking walls and bulldoze yourself into a different light, it changes the fucking game. And it's like, what is the problem with taking a risk? Granted, your stakes are higher because you're a dad and, you know, you have a wife and you have the kids and stuff like that. Yeah, but are they? Look, because
1: your shit is now international. You know, like, I I don't ever want to, I hate comparing people's, like, businesses because, yeah, like, I got kids, I got a wife, I got four mouths, fuck Christ, four mouths to feed plus mine now, plus technically my employees, but, like. We're all working hard, man. We're all fucking trying to like, dude, we're all just trying to have a good time and fucking make it home to our loved ones. Yeah. Just have a fucking bite to eat in our mouths, you know? And like, it is getting harder and harder every fucking day. And as business owners and like, I was so comfortable at Hyatt. I was so comfortable, but I thought I was pushing myself. You you feel me? I thought because I was going through, through all these extra lengths and doing all this extra crazy shit for Hyatt. And we were traveling. We, dude, We lived in four different states. We lived in five different places. I worked at all these different restaurants. I opened up all these different restaurants. And I thought I was really fucking pushed in the bar of like what my career could be. And then fucking dude, boom, pandemic, literally like rug. I've been working for the the company for 11 years. I was fucking, I was fucking soldiered in. I thought I was going to be safe, you know, and just sure as shit. Like I lost my job the following week after the fucking line employees lost their job. And then I almost spiraled because of the fact that like, just like us talking about you still being so passionate about the devil days of all things, yeah. I lost my job and I literally had a, and it was a big moment for me too, because I lost my job and I stood there and I'm like, what, like what, who am, and like Nalani had already been born and like, and I were doing great, but like without work, who the, who the fuck am I? If I don't have my job, if I don't have these responsibilities, I've been told that I've had to do, need to do, should do for the past 11 years. When it boils down who, like, who the, who, who the fuck is Logan Sandoval? And I didn't have an answer for that. I I didn't, without work, I didn't, and that was a fucking scary realization, man. That was fucking terrifying that my life had depended so much on my ability to produce for other people and other things, given a lot of satisfaction with serving people, being really good at it, making really good food, being passionate about the food. But like, if you take that all away, if if, if tomorrow all of a sudden they put out a a line of a billion robots that just cook for everybody and all of us chefs lost our fucking jobs, we were no longer needed, what would half of us do? Fucking go back to, fucking dealing drugs go back to running the streets go back to i can't go to fucking finance i can't go in a fucking can't be a a, look at me (laughs) like i can't fuck you do that you know i i mentally am not wired to sit at a desk for eight hours a day i'm not mentally to sit on a computer eight hours a day you know and that was my biggest struggle when i started getting to those those chef tornot and executive sous chef position when doing payroll and i realized that like dude if this and when it finally did happen I was I was cooking out of my daddy's garage a week and a half later with a fucking rinsed cooker. You know, so it's just like, but now it's for myself. Now it's for my kids. Now it's for my people. But it is, a, and I know your demographic and I know the people you talk to and stuff. Like, so if there are people out there listening to this right now, take a second and kind of think about if you took away your profession, if you took away your job, like what would you, and a lot of, pe- a lot of people are better off than a lot of us. A lot of these Gen Zers and a lot of these like, younger kids are just like, it's just a fucking job you know yeah and I, and I and like i have mixed feelings about it because like i wish i had that attitude
0: working for i, I wish i would use pto i wish i would totally to fuck off when my kid was born you know but oh we need you You need like you, you know. didn't know how to say no no you didn't know your limitations you didn't know how to have boundaries but I, I had no. a no. lot of people don't know how to have fucking boundaries i didn't have that and now my i like legitimately now i wake up in the morning with the fucking line as soon as i get out of fucking what bed kind of Huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. No, not even not those anymore. Yeah. I haven't done. I haven't done. I haven't done a line. Well, okay. I haven't done a line of like anything bad. Occasionally, I'll do a little ketamine. Do a little ketamine. It's for therapy, though. Right? It's therapy. <laughs> it's therapy. It's therapy. As I'm at a rave or something. But breath, that's though. like that's the literally the only. Dr- I won't smoke weed. No, I I smoke so much weed. See, I. I uh, <laughs> but it's well. You know what though? I feel like chef life, drinking substance, all yeah. that stuff has just been. It's a crucial part. You can't have one without the other. I feel like that's the that's the one thing that always makes me so sad about watching my you know my peers in the kitchen. It's mm. just you work hard, you play hard, yeah. you party hard, and it's back to fucking work. And if you can't keep up, you got to go take your blast in the back to fucking yeah. keep it going. And I and I remember those benders too,
1: just those like long weeks, of just like working in and out. But I really do think having and i'm gonna sound super soft right now but like having a family and having kids has specifically having a daughter first has extremely mellowed me out has definitely you know calmed me down a lot because like i don't when we finish here like yeah i want to hang out with the cooks like we have post-shift you know like we'll have a couple beers and stuff we'll hang out but it's like i gotta i gotta go change diapers i I gotta go change a diaper i gotta go feed my kids i gotta go Get kind of awash. I gotta go re- read Melania a book. We gotta do homework now. Like I gotta, I got shit to do. <laughs> yeah. I got father and, things and, and, to and, do. And none of that shit on paper is for me, but it really is for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's not. It's for my. It's for my daughter. It's for my son. It's for my new son. You know. It's for their future. But like, they're. It's a big responsibility, man. Like, their future is now in your hands. You know. And being a chef and being so dedicated to the craft and being so dedicated to work, it's hard to find that divisibility and that like circles back to the very beginning of our conversation You're just like where does that line stand where where does it blend where does it not and like I said I'm very blessed that like my mom moved in with us after I, I'm in a very good spot to keep doing what I'm doing not everyone is like that you, you know what I mean not everyone has those options and if you have a kid it those and dude like I said when and then Anna got pregnant when I got Anna pregnant and she and she came to me and i was just like you're fucking you're ruining my career because i i didn't have anything i had no uh, nothing else on my mind at that time it was just like my only concern it's not like you're ruining my life you're not you know i don't want kids like i'm gonna be no like you're fucking putting a a cap on what i can do chef wise and it drove me fucking insane you know but you resented her for it for a while, yeah, but dude, but she also did a really good job. She buckled down, and that, and we moved from fucking Kentucky to, or we moved from Louisville to Monterey, from Monterey to San Diego, San Diego to Chicago, Chicago back to Monterey, and the Monterey pandemic, and moved back down here. So she has been the ride or die, and now it's getting to the point where it's just like, okay, we have three kids, you know, we're doing this barbecue thing, and that's why it's just like, dude, like, this week, like, Kirby, you got this? Uh, like, I'm out. And guess what? Nothing fucking bad happened. The other day, I had to leave like two hours early. Kirby, I, I gotta go. Okay, I gotta show. Guess what? All the prep still got fucking done. I get, I and, I and like these guys will will back me up on this too. I, I am, I move a lot of weight here. Um, I am the, like the driving force because that's who I am as a chef. But give enough time and enough hands, and, enough, and that's also why we started prep on Tuesday this week instead of Thursday because I knew this fucking baby was coming and we we timed it correctly, you know. But like, I left Kirby tri- in charge. I went home early yesterday too. Did the fucking place burn down? Did did all the money drain out of my bank? Did it fucking
0: Yeah, no, you you, you <laughs> trusted the process. Did the apocalypse happen? You know, because like
1: I feel like in a lot of our minds, oh my god, if I'm not there. Oh my god, if I'm not there. And and we're 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 wired that way because we know what can happen. Because in my past I've been given Black for Beds with rusty tools, not sharp knives. But now I've sharpened my own knives. Now I've beaten off the rust off my own tools. You know, I made those tools. I honed those fucking tools. So let the tools work. Not to not to call my staff fucking Yeah, tools. no. 100% <laughs> and, and, and items. But. I, I trip out on... I'm trying to put in like a chef mentality kind of like, you know, like how you got to look at it from a business standpoint and like cut the the emotion out of it and cut the... And like Kirby's one of my best friends. You know, I have a really good relationship with all my staff. at one point it's got to come, you know, that division. You know, and we've never had a problem with that. You know, it's just And it's setting those expectations... As a friend and as a boss, to that. They get paid well, they get taken care of well, and they work hard for them. That's, that's
0: the only fucking interact, that's the only exchange that you need. It's crazy, I, I, I listen to the, to the concept of the ride or die, and it's extremely important when you're in a relationship, when you're in a career, to be with someone who is willing to go on the journey with you, and you go on the journey with them. Some of us are, have the alpha and, you know, and it, in my last relationship, I was the, the alpha in the relationship. And I remember when things were kind of going south in our relationship. And I was like, look, I need one more year in L.A. Because it was like, I'm fucking sick of moving. I'm yeah. sick of moving around. I don't want to move around for you. What about me? What about me? What about I And I remember this was a very pinnacle point And I was just like, I need one more year in L.A., give me one more year. I need to close out my before I can move yeah, anywhere else. Yeah. I need to close out my chapters here. There's mm-hmm. unfinished business. I'm not going to dip. Just fucking dip with shit on self. That's the dumbest thing ever. Of course, we end like we ended our relationship. He dipped, but it was always we were always set to go to the south, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We were always set to go to the south and we were that we were going to have like our southern life and he ended up moving it to Bir- yeah. He ended up moving <laughs> to Birmingham, Alabama, and that's where he kind of set his heart on. He's like, we can start in Birmingham, we can start in Birmingham. And I think about it now.
1: Alabama, no, kind of, about-
0: bro. Let me fucking tell you something. I think about if I would have stayed in that relationship, and I'd be one year right now, and I'd be living in Birmingham, motherfucking Alabama. Like, bro, we went we went visit my um
1: my father in law last uh in May for his birthday. My wife's my sister in law. Brought her two kids down and her husband. We all we all fucking piled into an Airbnb. It was a great time. And he lives in Pen, Pinnacle, Pinnacle, Pensacola. Pensacola, cool. Pensacola, which is very. Um, I've been to Pensacola. Very, uh, <laughs> very old. <laughs> I've been all. to Pensacola. First, I, was, I had my first Waffle House experience there, which was fucking fantastic. Yeah, I've been to Pensacola. Uh, but my brother-in-law, my my sister-in-law's husband, he is. Country has, country as, country <laughs> as fun, <laughs> and like, and you look at me, it's like we should never, but we do. We have a great relationship, and like we, like we have a great time together. Um, but Pittsburgh was very like, and I've lived in Kentucky, like, but I lived in and I lived in Ohio, but I lived in Columbus. Yeah, Ohio. <laughs> you know? yeah, I lived in Illinois, but I lived in Chicago. Like
0: I live, I live in the hubs. I, I don't know what that country shit's about. Well, yeah. Well, there's a thing. It's like for me right now, it's like I personally, I'll never go to like Alabama just because my ex is there. Like we would probably yeah. blow that. If I yeah. ever yeah. were to go there. Boundaries. It it would, that's Boundaries. Baldur's. That's my boundary. Pretty soft. much. That's my boundary for myself. It's like I can go anywhere around the United States except for Alabama. That's, that's like fine. the one fucking place. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Georgia. I'm going to go look at some houses there. Where are you going in Georgia. Uh, I'll be in Atlanta. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm going to Atlanta, like Coweta County area, to go visit some people. Um, and then I'm going to Savannah. I'm going to Savannah. I'm going to Charleston. Um, are you going to Northern Carolina at all? I might go for a booty call. There's a, where there's, do you live at? Uh, don't no, my uh, Asheville. Okay, well, Asheville. If you Asheville, go to Raleigh, Raleigh. It's gorgeous there, man. I have, and let me know. I have a lot of friends there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just like I said, I'm an, I am I land I land in Atlanta tomorrow, um, and I'll be there for like four days. Oh, yeah. And then I'm just jumping in my rental, and I'm just fucking oh, fucking my way through the fucking through the top. <laughs> As I'm fucking, I got four balls and chains. Four balls and chains, and I'm like going to go hopefully get good. some balls Dude, and, and chains. Good for you, man. It's good for you. Man. <laughs> and then I got, I That's um good. Uh, I'm going to Jacksonville. I've got some business in Jacksonville, got some business in Tampa. Uh, I will be podcasting while I'm out too. So there'll oh, yeah. be some good guests. And it's just been like, I feel like right now, and like, we're, we're going to, we're, we're, we're going over a little bit of time. I feel like everything's just come full circle. Um, And I feel like it's so important to share your journey and your experiences. This podcast is called my vicious love. And everybody thinks it's all about just relationships and it's like, yeah. no, it's your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your career, with yeah. your relationship with all these things, the love, the passion of everything. And I've watched you start. I mean, I was, like, I feel like I was one of your first Zeph barbecue clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I watched. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. and I watched you grow and I watched your struggles and well, that's well, I think we've only met like maybe like three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but, we've, but we've been Instagram homies since fucking like, since I was living, I think in like, yeah. Chicago? Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. We've been, we've been, we've been grand homies for a long time. And sometimes you don't need to fucking like, no, you don't need to meet people in person. But for me, like people that I've been writing for a long time on Instagram, I always try to I, like, I appreciate it. Man. Yeah. I always try to do that. But Logan, yeah. uh, do you have any closing notes for anyone listening for any sh- fucking upcoming chefs or? No, man, dude. I mean, we're here in. Beautiful, see C- C- Valley.
1: <laughs> Gorgeous, C- see Valley. me Valley. Um, no man. Uh, yeah, dude. We have New Year's meetings coming out. I mean, right now I'm still in contract with Netflix, so I don't got any TV shit going on. Um, yeah, man, dude. Just right now, I'm just trying to be honestly. Like, usually when I wrap up podcasts, it's always like, well, I got this going on. Like, we, I mean, we have a little bit of interest in like smorgaboard this year, set up a residency there. But like, honestly right now, dude, I'm just trying to be a good dad, a good partner. Um, that's really taking priority in my life I honestly dude, never thought it would um and I'm very happy to be in that place and be able to be in that place like do everyone's got fucking drama man I know people that have gone through it and you know I'm very fortunate to have the wife that I have the life that I have and like I got three fucking great kids like my business is fucking doing okay you know it's the slow season like we all expected and everything but like
0: i'm I'm fucking chilling right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm fucking chilling right now no, that's that's good. That's good. Well, let everybody know how they can uh, follow you or um, where, where you're at on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I'm, well, I'm struggling on the TikToks. <laughs> the ticks have ever t- had. to. Oh no, it's it's
1: X now. It's X. X Twitter, now. yeah, X. Uh, it's X. Got yeah, fucking I'm going a whole other podcast episode. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you can find me at my business. Um. And look at all the food porn. And look at all the cool shit that we're doing. All our updates go through there. It's Z E F Zef. Dot B B Q. Barbecue. Um, on Instagram, that's where we do mostly of all of our business. And if you want to follow my personal page and keep up on just on like my bullshit and my life, and like I try to make funny reels and stuff, it's Zef Daddy, Z E F Daddy. <laughs> you can call me by my first name, um, on Instagram. So find me there. Yeah, we got a lot
0: of cool shit, and we're just trying to fucking make it work, man. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. I yeah, yeah, so What's time much? coming. Yeah, hey, I know. This stuff, like, fuck, we've so been trying. So yeah, we've been fighting for the <laughs> six months. Well, like, dude, I looked at the prep sheet yesterday. I was like. Nah, let's just yep, fucking yep, do it. Let's yes. just do it. Let's just do it. Yeah, guys, so happy new year and Happy Holidays. Happy holidays. Whatever you celebrate, or if you don't celebrate. Yeah, if you don't celebrate me, Instagram, Draden Cruz at Draden Cruz, TikTok at Draden Cruz, and check you guys in the new year. Bye. Later.